0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another weekly episode of Limitless Podcast, a place where we bring together global leaders in sales and marketing. My name is Vivek, and I'll be your host today. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. She's one of the most influential women in sales. We have Deb Calvert, the president of People First Productivity Solutions. Hello, Deb. Welcome to Limitless. Oh,
1: hello, Vivek. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for hosting me today.
0: Thank you so much for joining in today. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, To tell a bit about Deb Calvert, Deb is the president of People First Productivity Solutions. People First specializes in improving sales productivity, leadership development, and enhancing team effectiveness. She's also the founder of Sales Expert Channel. Deb has over 30 years of experience in sales. So she's the right person to tell you what worked 20 years back will not work now. And she has seen the entire transition She's also the author of the book, Discover Questions, and many others. Deb is the recipient of numerous awards and honors for five years in a row, that is from 2014 to 2018. She has been named one of the top 50 sales and marketing influencers. She's one of the most innovative sales bloggers, uh, and there are a dozen others. Uh, if you are a sales professional, then Deb Calvert is a person you must follow. Uh, Hi Deb, Uh, it would be great if you could uh, tell us a bit about yourself, the work you do at People First, and a quick glimpse into your career.
1: Okay, well, um, I started this company 15 years ago, we're coming up on our 15 year anniversary. And there really are three parts of the business, as you said, team effectiveness, leadership development, and sales productivity. But what's important for people to know is that those three things are not as different as they sound what they all have in common, where they overlap, is that they're about getting people connected. And so all the work that I do, the research that I do, uh, what I write about is how to make better connections, whether it's buyers to sellers, or leaders to followers, or team members to each other. And as salespeople know, um, you're really doing all three at the same time all the time. And so there's, there's a great deal of overlap.
0: Uh, today, uh... Today, we are going to speak with Deb about a very specific topic, but nevertheless, it's a very important one. It's about using better sales question to personalize the customer experience. Uh, To set the context, uh, recently I came across a study by the company Gong.io, the revenue intelligence platform. So what they did was they analyzed millions of cold calls and came up with some interesting findings. Uh, One such finding stood out for me. Uh, When they analyzed the cold calls, all the unsuccessful cold calls Uh, they had a duration of less than three minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, Whereas when they looked at the most successful cold calls, they lasted over five minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, When they dug deeper to see what helped these reps have better conversation or longer conversation, one key element that stood out is these sales representatives asked better questions or the right questions. Asking better questions can make a world of difference. In fact, it is not just confined to cold calls. So, that is what we want to talk about today using better sales questions to personalize the customer experience. Okay, uh, here goes the first question, uh, Deb. So, you said that asking better questions improves the customer experience. What do you mean by the phrase customer experience?
1: Oh, well, that is really important. So, um, you know, customers no longer want just good customer service, that is expected and we won't get anywhere if we don't provide good customer service, but the standard has been raised. Customers now want a full experience. They want something that's relevant and meaningful and personalized to them. So a customer experience or CX as it's often called is about every single touch point, whether it's online and they've come to your website or it's that they got a cold call, and they're working with perhaps your um, business development rep, or it's that you have had a long-term relationship with that customer, but every time you have an interaction with them, all of that, every single time that there's a touch point, that is a part of the customer experience. And buyers have all become very uh, demanding when it comes to what's involved in that customer experience. And that reason for that is that they have so many other options. And as consumers, not just in business to business, but in in, in the space of uh, business to consumer, the experience is increasingly personalized and it's increasingly thoughtful about what the customer wants. So here's the most important thing I would say about a customer experience. One of the missing pieces that a lot of of salespeople don't realize is that the very best customer experience is when the customer gets to participate in creating what they want. It's not that you went away and did really good service for them and then brought something back to them. Instead, it's that you worked with them. They got to collaborate. They got to put their own imprint, their own thoughts and their own feelings into that solution. And when you facilitate that, when you allow your customer to be involved in the experience of creating what they want, of influencing the final product, or at least the the terms or or the delivery of it, when you allow them to do that, that in customers' minds is not just an experience, but it's value. It's value creation that makes it really difficult for them to say no to what you're offering. So that's why it's so important And and I'm glad that we've defined it first. Okay.
0: Uh, So as you said, uh, in fact, a couple of years back, people would assume uh, the customer experience or customer satisfaction begins after, once the purchase is made. However, uh, what you're saying is it is not the case the moment, the very first touch point, when the customer interacts with your website or your company, the journey begins there.
1: Uh, Yes. Even as they're developing awareness and interest of of what you offer, they're Mm -hmm. going to have an emotional reaction to it and to the thought of doing business with you and your company. And so that experience has to be positive right from the beginning. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, So what are the benefits of offering a better customer experience? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, some obvious ones. First of all, you'll differentiate yourself from the competition. Mm -hmm. The more relevant, meaningful, and personalized you can make that experience, the more you can involve the customer, the more differentiated you are, and the harder it is for them to say no to you. And this is true the first time that you sell to them, but also every time when there's a great customer experience and that's ongoing, it translates into customer loyalty. Mm -hmm. And some research by Kolsky, who's one of the leaders in the field of customer experience. His research says that 87% of customers are willing to pay more Mm -hmm. when they have a great experience. So Mm -hmm. we can make a business case for customer experience very easily.
0: So let's dive into the topic now. How would asking better questions accomplish what you're describing?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, There are really only two ways to create the customer experience. You could spend a lot of money whining and dining and catering to each and every customer or prospect that you have, and that's time consuming and expensive, so not feasible. The only alternative to that is to create uh, an experience to get them involved, to get them feeling like it's personalized and meaningful. The only other way that I can possibly imagine to do that is by asking quality questions. Okay. Quality questions that that engage them in the conversation. Quality questions that stimulate thought, provoke thought that they haven't had before. Quality questions that uh, create a two-way dialogue because a, a two-way give-and-take dialogue is all by itself an experience. And you know, a, a side bit of research uh, from the book "Stop Selling and Start Leading." That one is where we interviewed B2B buyers about what they wanted from sellers. And the number one behavior, the most important behavior, although they liked all 30 of the ones we asked about, the one that buyers preferred above all others is that there be a two-way dialogue with the salesperson. So buyers want this and they view it as differentiating and they view it as bonding, it creates trust. Uh, and what they say, what buyers say about quality questions is that they um, show that you're interested and they show that you are going to take the time to genuinely understand them and know what they want, not qualifying questions and not the simple um, you know, survey kinds of questions that are on so many people's discovery checklist, uh, but more in-depth, more listening and true dialogue.
0: So, you mentioned there's a difference between qualifying questions and quality questions. So, uh, could you please give us an example of what it might look like? Say, for example, let's take people first. So, one of the, uh, when I was going through your profile, I found that uh, uh, this person had hired uh, people first to train the company for Q1. They were so happy they wanted you to come back in Q2 and Q3. So, when you first met them, so how did you, what, what are the questions you asked?
1: Well, I'm not. I don't know if I remember which company that was. Oh, just for um,
0: any example, uh, so sure. when you walk, people first go into any other company. What are the questions you would ask?
1: Yes, uh, one of the first questions that I ask them is why this and why now. Maybe they call me and they say, you know, we really need some some team building. Uh, we've got some some issues here, and so I say, well, why are you thinking about using our services or services like ours? Hmm. Why are you thinking about doing this now? And I want to understand all of the drivers behind the decision that they're making. Qualifying questions would be more like, what's the size of your team? What's your budget? How much time are you going to give me for this offsite team building activity? Um, And what sort of assessment tools would you like to use? Right, I I would try to, to frame up the offering that I'm going to be giving them. That's very different from understanding in the first place, what's going on and, and what's really driving this and, and how urgent and important is it really to them? I need to know that first.
0: Awesome, brilliant. So uh, this has been said for uh, years. In fact, uh, this is one of the first things they teach in uh, selling, ask more open questions, ask more quality questions and everything, but what prevents sellers from asking these quality questions?
1: Well, one of the things that prevents it is that first of all, they, they think they're already asking quality questions. And if you think you're doing something, <laughs> you're not open to learning more about how to do it differently. Okay. The problem is that buyers don't think that they're asking quality questions. Buyers are, are mainly bored with the kinds of questions that salespeople ask, and that's why they dodge our calls. It's why they uh, are impatient and don't give us very much time for a discovery process. Mm-hmm. The second thing that prevents salespeople from doing this and doing it well is that they think it takes too much time. They're hearing that from buyers. Buyers are, are not giving them the time. And then sellers, they're busy. They've got quotas to meet. They, they've got uh, other people to qualify. So they, they don't take the time to ask deep follow-up questions. They don't even take the time to really, I'm afraid, think through the questions before they ask them And then what happens is that they end up asking only generic questions, only qualifying questions. Sometimes they might ask a few other questions, which I will call, um, it's that old phrase, a fishing expedition. You know, you just cast your line and hope that something nibbles at it, instead of being very thoughtful and, and purposeful in your questions. So there's those two things. And then the third reason is that we've been told that asking questions is rude or intrusive and that's only true if the questions are bad questions it's only true if you don't properly sequence your questions and the buyer isn't ready they haven't given you permission or they don't feel that they can trust you yet with the kinds of questions that you're asking so those are three reasons there are there are some other um, perceptions and barriers but let me roll it up like this and say The bottom line is that people don't ask better questions because they've never been taught. It's more than just make it open-ended. Certainly that helps, but there's so much more about sequence and and purposefulness of your questions that people um, could could improve.
0: Uh, So if I'm a sales rep and I've been doing this for say five, six years, if I wanna evaluate myself, how can I know that if I'm asking the right questions? Is there any indicator?
1: Yes. One of the best indicators, and it's it's the best compliment people ever give me, and that is when somebody pauses after you ask a question, and they're thoughtful, you can see that they're thinking, mm-hmm. and then they say, wow, Vivek, that's a really good question. As soon as you hear that, you know you're on the right track, okay. uh, or something like it. Uh, If people say that, you're making me really think, or if people say, "Ah, I never thought about that before, any indicator that you've made them pause and reflect and go a little bit deeper than they typically do, that's when you know you're on the right track. Otherwise, they're just firing quick answers at you because they already knew. And, And now it's just, if they already know, it's just doing you a favor to give you the information as opposed to a true two-way dialogue.
0: Uh, you also talk about personalizing the questions uh, to create a better customer experience. Could you please elaborate on that a bit?
1: Yeah. To personalize means that you have to listen. Okay. And when you listen, you're gonna pick up on uh, tone of voice or inflection. You'll notice the pauses or the, the hesitations. And when you do, you have a a rich opportunity to personalize. You might be able to say something like, I I noticed that um, there was a little bit more there that that you sounded like you almost wanted to say. Tell me more about that. What's what's really going on here, (laughs) right? If if you have the trust built, or maybe you just uh, can use research that you've done. So instead of asking things like, when did your business open? You can say, I researched and noticed that you opened your business in 2014. Uh, tell me what, what led to your decision to do that. I'm interested in your origin story. So whenever people are talking about themselves, instead of talking just facts and figures, or generically, that's personal.
0: Awesome. Uh, so one, one of the common things we see sales script, uh, me being part of a marketing team, whenever I interact with my sales team, Uh, The common uh, problem I've seen them face is uh, I've reached out to the client, but I have no response. I had an initial call, it went well, but I couldn't get them to respond again. What do you think is the problem there? And uh, using the way of asking better questions, how can I go about solving it?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. None of us take time to email back or call back if we're not interested. We're not interested in the product. We're not interested in the in the conversation. We're not interested in the person. But we will call back or write back to somebody if we're interested. So your real question is, how do we use questions to stimulate someone's interest? Exactly. And better questions, thought-provoking questions, questions that, that leave people dangling in suspense. (laughs) They want to know more. They want to engage more. Uh, Those kinds of questions are higher value, and they earn the right to have a call back or an email back.
0: Uh, If you don't mind, could you please give us some examples of the difference between a quality question and a standard question?
1: You bet. Um, I actually, I I used to teach a class at UC Berkeley, uh, University of California, Berkeley, and uh, I had a group of SDRs and BDRs who I gave the assignment to use Discover Questions, that's my first yeah. book, and, and there are eight purposes of questions there, but I gave them an assignment to develop and test questions on cold calls and cold emails to see which ones worked. So I tell you that because the examples that I'll give you are, are field tested and, and I didn't write them.
0: Awesome.
1: But they really did work. <laughs> so um, in a few of the examples it was that somebody had sampled a piece of content. So let's say it's your company, somebody had listened to a podcast like this or had picked up an instructional video and the company was tracking and then turning those leads over to the SDR team. And those folks were then calling up. Now what they used to say, what most organizations have their, their sales development reps say is something like, hey, I noticed that you watched our video, how can I help you? And they don't use their questions to bridge the gap between there was some kind of interest, there's a reason somebody watched this, Mm -hmm. and maybe there's an opportunity. So questions that they would ask in place were things like, uh, what is it that caused you to be interested in this topic about using questions to open more sales? Or what is it that... um, caused you to download this piece of content from our website. Uh, what, what did you like about the content? What else do you need? What would be a natural follow-up for you? Instead of talking about making the sale or setting the appointment, it's about talking about the buyer's need and the buyer's interest. Let's, we got to get back to the beginning and align ourselves with where the buyer is instead of trying to push the accelerator to someplace they're not ready to go yet. And questions give you those opportunities.
0: Brilliant, uh, because this is something I personally feel Because, uh, say, exactly, you mentioned someone, listen to the podcast or webinar, okay, how do I make the transition from, okay, you listen to this, and often uh, we directly switch to the pitch and uh, we lose our audience there.
1: Yes, <laughs> and it is. It's about, it's about being more natural. Mm-hmm. In buying and selling, we sometimes forget the relationship or the progression of any conversation should stay natural. Um, we, we, we get lost in our effort to just try to close the appointment or close the sale. Exactly.
0: Uh, so what else can s- sellers learn about asking quality questions? Uh, what resources can you offer them?
1: There are lots of resources and I hope people will come to my website and take a look at the weekly blog or sign up for the newsletter or uh, read the book or take the online training course, discover questions, all of these are are available. But let me just give a higher level recommendation. I like people to begin to think of their discovery process, even before you open the sale, to think at the very beginning of, of the exchange with the customer as an experience you're going to give the customer and then reframe what you're going to do when you assess their needs. Instead of making it diagnostic, which is what needs assessment or discovery processes are right now. We're just asking enough questions to diagnose a problem and write the prescription, solve the problem. So I'd like you to to think about shifting from a diagnostic needs assessment to a dialogic needs assessment. Dialogic, two-way exchange, we're both involved, we're in it together, we're going to collaborate to talk about your situation and co-create the solution. And that is a game changer when people can use questions to do that.
0: Awesome. Uh, So one more thing I wanted to ask is, uh, in your book, Discover Questions, you talk about eight discrete purposes for asking questions. Uh, It would be great if you can just, give a glimpse of it, a short version of what they are or what the book is about and why is it? People should yes. read about
1: it. Thank you. Um, well, that book is based on 25 years of field research mm-hmm. with buyers. I interviewed buyers after they had been uh, talked with, after they had spent time with sellers who were trained in discover questions. And of course, I also observed the sellers before and after they were taught about discover questions. So 25 years worth of research, over 10,000 sales calls, And uh, salespeople learn about the eight purposes of asking questions, DISCOVER is an acronym, each letter stands for a different type of question. Research says that um, most sellers use only three or four out of those eight purposes. The ones they most typically use are D for data, they gather facts. They often ask the uh, C question, that's for consequences or pain points. And they usually do ask the O question, which is outcomes, the hopes, dreams, plans, goals, visions of the future that the buyer would like. But that means that there are five other kinds of questions that people typically aren't asking. They're missing out on a lot of information. Those other five types of questions help you be more purposeful and also more efficient so that you can be more effective. I'll just give you one of them. We don't, probably don't have time for all five, but my favorite one, the one that I see making the biggest difference to buyers is the V. That's a value question. And it's what I mentioned earlier. It's about understanding the motivations, the reason this is important, and how important is it relative to all your other needs. What's the hierarchy of value? How important is this? How urgent is this? And you can gain a great deal of insight plus bond emotionally with your buyer just by asking value questions. Awesome.
0: Uh, This is the question I want. Uh, If I'm a sales rep, I go on a first discovery call or initial call with my client. What is that I should expect to learn about the prospect by the end of the call?
1: That's a great question i hope that you will learn more than their business needs that's probably the standard answer that, that most sales manager w- would give is learn about their needs so that you can create a solution but i would say that the other thing that's very important to learn is what's in it for that individual not just the business needs but their individual needs is it their esteem in the company is it one of their key performance indicators. They're going to be measured on this. Is it just a, a nuisance to them and they really want to get it off their plate? Or is it not that important at all? It's just something that they feel like they have to check off their list. They can say they met with a salesperson and move on. Yeah. I mean, you need to know, <laughs> you know, what, what? what's their motivation. And when you know that you can respond to it appropriately and find out what your next step should be.
0: Awesome. Uh, Deborah, before you go, um, I would like to ask you a few questions on the Rapid Fire Braces. Uh, who is the what whose content do you follow on LinkedIn or wherever? Any other places?
1: So many people. Okay. <laughs> That's a there are 76 people in the sales experts channel in 2020 this year. Okay. And I follow all 76 of them. I mm-hmm. also follow people in women's sales pros because I know many of the, the sales uh, leaders who were there and the incredible that they have, the desire they have to to give to the sales community. So between those two, there's about a hundred people that I follow. And um, I'd recommend if people want to know who those folks are, that they go to the websites, the salesexpertschannel.com or womensalespros.com.
0: So everyone, the link to the salesexpertschannel.com and our Deborah's LinkedIn profile, as well as uh, all other links where you can follow her is provided in the description. So feel free to check it out. Uh, The next one is what is a book you would recommend? Oh,
1: there are, I, I'm a big reader and there are a lot of very, very good books out there. Um, I really like one that Chad Burmeister put out last year. It's about AI and selling. Mm-hmm. That's a great book. Uh, George Bronton has a new one that's coming out and, um, Anita Nilsson's book, for anybody who has missed that, I've, I've been really interested in AI, and, and so it's about beat the bots, how to keep the human element in selling, alongside Chad Burmeister's about using AI. Those two are a very nice complement with each other.
0: Uh, just a follow-up question, what's your take on AI and selling?
1: Yeah, I think it's fabulous. Okay. I love sales hacks, I love efficiencies, I love being able to automate. At the same time, I'm gravely concerned because there's a misunderstanding. And the, the misunderstanding is that we can just let the AI and the tools that and the tech that we have do part of our job. And unfortunately we think it's going to do the wrong part of our job. We think it's going to do the, the human touch piece of our job and it won't. <laughs> it, it's going to free us up so that we can do more and better work in the connection piece. And if we don't use it that way, it's compromising. It it hurts your results.
0: Awesome. The last question, if you want our listeners to take one thing away from this podcast, what do you want?
1: Um, think about your own perceptions of questions. If you have a negative thought about asking questions or if you hold back about asking questions, try to figure out what's really going on there. If you have some sort of perceptual barrier, that's keeping you from unleashing a connection, a really profound, powerful connection with buyers. And it will be in your way until you figure out what that problem is and then push yourself to work through it because questions really are like magic. They create value, they create a a memorable experience and they advance sales. I, I can promise you that your perception about questions is wrong or that you don't know enough about questions to work through that. And I'd ask you to give questions a
0: second chance. Oh, there you have it. Uh, so Deb, uh, that was super insightful. I actually got a ton of insights from about asking better questions. Uh, that, thanks for the lovely conversation. Uh, you have surely given us a lot to think about. Uh, everyone, please check out uh, Discover Questions. It's an amazing book. In fact, uh, her LinkedIn profile is filled with such recommendations. One starts to wonder if it is amazon.com. There are so many amazing reviews over there. Uh, do follow Deb on uh Sales Expert channel. The descriptions are provided in the comments. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. See you again.
1: Thank you, Vinayak. It was a pleasure.
0: Stay tuned to our weekly upcoming episodes with more sales and marketing leaders from around the globe. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher as well. Subscribe to get notified when a new episode is out. And please do leave us a review if you're on Apple. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Hey!